0: All right, everyone, you are listening to the Locked On Senators Postcast Edition. Unfortunately, we're not able to get Ross going here, but we're going to start this all on our own. There we are. I'm with Aleem's Martian. Aleem's Martian, how are you? Ross is trying to join as we speak. Let's see how I do driving the bus here. So the Ottawa Senators... Not quite able to get a victory here. Matt Murray plays amazing. Doesn't get the shutout like we wanted. The Leams Martian though. What do you? What's uh, your uh, perspective of this game? I mean, kind of a flat third period saw, says it all, right?
1: Yeah, kind of a, a tough two nothing loss here for the Sens tonight. Uh, not the greatest effort offensively. Uh, I definitely feel like uh, this was uh, one of those games where the uh, lack of depth was definitely showing for the Sens tonight here. So. Um, we really missed the, having those top two guys our, on our on the top line here tonight. I, I feel like, and uh, it's really unfortunate that the boys weren't able to get Matt Murray that goal support that he so desperately deserved, um, because I think he played an incredible game with 42 saves. So um, it's tough to see. It
0: right, looks you like guys you got Ross here. There it is.
2: Can you guys hear me?
0: We got <laughs> you, guys, hey.
2: Look at this. I can even flip myself sideways. How was the game today, boys? I'll tell you about mine in a bit, but I see 2-0. I see the empty netter. Matt Murray plays well, which we wanted to see, but just lack of offense, lack of chances. What happened?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about the flat third period. That was tough. And, again, uh, a quick game, eh, Martian? Like, this game just flew by. Not a lot of penalties. Not a lot of power play time. Not a lot of whistles. And yeah, yeah. Is my lookout player, Jeff Carter. He gets the game winner on a nice, quick two-on-one. You know, we were hoping Shabbat would get the Send Central bump there, but that was a bit of a tough turnover. Uh, I, I don't know what he was trying to do, getting that pass through the zone there, banking it off the boards. Doesn't quite make it. And then anytime Latang and Carter get set up for a quick two-on-one like that, two experienced vets are going to send that one home. So no chance for Murray on that one. And then the other one's an empty netter. So really... Uh, once again, you got to give stick taps to the goaltender here.
1: Yeah, th- th- I think Jeff Carter's a bit of a Sens killer in his career. If I'm not mistaken, his first, uh, one of his first NHL games was against the Sens, and I think he scored a hat trick. Or maybe I it was just one goal. I actually was lucky enough, my cousin's buddies with him, so I was lucky enough as a young guy to go down and, and I was able to meet him in his rookie season. Really nice guy, that Jeff Carter. But that's besides the point, uh, that turnover by Shabbat was definitely uncharacteristic, but I think that that was definitely a uh, a product of his partner and not trusting you know, his options. Um, I think maybe he saw something that, you know, a little bit risky play for him, something that he probably wouldn't regularly do if he had somebody he can he can trust on his other D pairing. But I think having, uh, you know, himself anchored down to Nikita Zaitsev tonight yeah. was one of those things that
2: definitely showed. Are we going to see this change anytime soon or is DJ going to stay stubborn? We've seen him change before when he has to, but this one, it's starting to become to a point of no return. Like, it's a jo- it's becoming a joke. Like, Shabbat, complimented Zaitsev today and everyone's like blink twice if you're okay shabby type thing.
0: <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like it, it seemed like Shabbat was getting a mix of playing with Zaitsev and Branstrom though Eh? like it seemed like Bransom was getting a bit of that time but I mean it needs to be all Branstrom and Shabbat like there's no reason Zaitsev needs to be playing these kind of minutes up against other teams top lines and he just he just doesn't get it done out there like he used to. And and maybe it's just it's been a while and he's trying to get his legs back and try to get back into the game, but until he's ready, like it seems like he just can't be given these assignments that he's had lately.
1: Yeah, the team like the the team uh, it's it's clicking all over the place, and then that's when when Susie's been inserted back in the lineup, it's kind of been that one little part of the game that you notice is like a little bit off. Like Shabbat is not himself when he's playing with him, and I don't know. It just it just feels like he's not quite up to speed yet after coming back from injury. I think um, maybe that's the case, but hopefully he can improve. Like because ultimately we don't want to see a guy struggling as bad as he has been because you know, I in an ideal world since he's not really on the same timeline age-wise as the rest of the guys in the team, you'd want to see them, you know, hopefully try to move on from him before this, he's got two years left on his deal. Like we talked yep. about last podcast. So, you know, we want to be able to move on from him before, uh, you know, that, before the end of that deal. So um, hopefully he can improve. And then at least they make, maybe, you know, get him off the books.
0: Yeah, getting him off the books, I think at this point would make make a lot of sense, and I think a lot of sense fans would be happy. Eugene Melnick would be happy. That's not another guy he's gonna have to look at giving bonuses. And we talked about it uh, in a lot of games that have happened recently how well DJ Smith has been able to manage everyone's ice time and how efficient that's been. Right? Like, remember we had a game a little while ago where no one was in single-digit minutes. This uh, tonight, Mark Kaslik, he's the lone guy in single digits, but Thomas Chabot, his ice time's creeping back up. right Right around 27 minutes so i feel like that's kind of the indicator when you can tell this team doesn't fully have it and yeah the third period came and they just had no legs like they got outshot heavily in the third period 19 to 5 and for matt murray to keep this team in the game here only one nothing they get an empty net uh, opportunity and brian russ gets it pretty damn impressive so even though they get the loss here, uh, Ross, I'll let, I'll let you have Matt Murray as your send central standout because it's uh, going to be harder for you to pick. Hey! Marsha and I were, Marsha and I were saying it's going to be hard for us to pick out uh, more than anyone. And we watched the whole game.
2: So here's what I'll do. Instead of picking Matt Murray, I'm going to ask questions as though people are listening to this. Cause you know, you can listen to the postcast in your, your car on the way to work. And if you miss the game, like I did, I just have some questions. One, single digits was he still money in the face-off dot tonight
0: he had a good night in the face-off dot but not his usual he was 44 percent, and just looking quickly that's four for nine but uh ross dj smith okay. was putting him out there against crosby consistently like he like crosby was out there and Castlick was the guy who was taking the draw now it was a quick face-off and change but still like to have that right, responsibility but you have last as a guy yeah, and that's that's why it worked out. And I think, like, any time you're going up against uh, Sidney Crosby as a rookie and you're doing all right, that's not bad. But if you want to talk about giving guys stick-taps in the face-off dot, Tim Stutzla, three for four, 75%. Now, small sample size, but, hey, the numbers look good when you're hitting 75% for Timmy. Yeah,
2: no question. But from the sounds of it, from Sen's Twitter, from just catching up right there, in the chat right here. Like, seemed like him and Brady maybe not their best game tonight either.
1: Yeah, they were both a little bit on the slower side tonight. It felt like like they just couldn't really get things going. There was not a lot of offensive chances. Like me and Pilsy were talking before we hopped on while we we're waiting for you, and it was like we were trying to think of like what were the best chances the Sens even had tonight. And the best we could come up with was a shorthanded chance that they had, where Paul, you know, made a really great effort along yeah. the boards to dive and chip a puck and uh, spring Gambrell in a breakaway. I actually, actually clipped it on my Twitter account as well, but. Um, that was really like the best chance they had all night and uh, yeah like I mean the casting line was basically a non-factor because it didn't seem like DJ was really trusting them uh, to play together like all three of them they had Ennis on the fourth line with with Tierney and Castey was out there with them too it was, it was a weird shuffle that they had going on uh, Cassidy didn't get a lot of ice time he's pretty uh, not noticeable other than you know those those faceoffs against Crosby that Pilsy mentioned there.
0: Yeah. yeah 100%. And, and that's fair. Like definitely the second line, once again, they were, the, they were the best line out here. Like Nick Paul, you mentioned it. I, I'm going to snipe uh, him as my central standout there, Liam's Martian, because that play that he made to spring Gambrell on a breakaway and then Formington, uh put Nick Paul on a partial break too. And we really saw him turn the jets on there. Like it, it's not very often you see Nick Paul use his speed, but he got ahead and then he did a little kind of wide stance stop up and then a deke to try to get around casey the smith but you know i hate to do this but we got to give stick taps to casey the to smith too like he played a solid game and uh the sends any chances they were able to get he was right on them with no rebound so that's, michael Hauser up how, i know yeah just because he's been having a brutal season this year so really it was you know you're stoked <laughs> that you're getting him instead of Trishan yari and didn't work out that way unfortunately
1: yeah, and Michael hauser Nick-
0: that's a name I don't need to hear again anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, we're going to see a lot of backup goalies, so hopefully we don't get Michael Hauser too often here. But, um, yeah, Nick Paul. Yeah, ball, well, I mean, I'm,
2: flushing, I'm flushing the P word out the window, guys, or down the drain. Cause
0: yeah, that happened quickly.
2: Had, I, I mean, the chances they are going to be Pittsburgh, then Boston, then at Washington, that was hard enough. But, yeah, uh, not even a goal. That's a bit disappointing there as well, man. So I feel like I missed a good one tonight. Considering like I got full entertainment value. We'll finish up wrapping this one before you know I get what, my the boots lost? on the ground scouting. It's so funny, man, watching Ridley Greg play hockey. Uh, <laughs> pure entertainment. But no, we got to finish up on this one. So if I'm if I'm at work tomorrow and they say how the Sens game go, Pilsy, how how would you respond to them tonight?
0: Well, uh, Kevin, he writes here, standout for the team was not letting Crosby score his 500th (laughs) goal in front of 500 fans. And I think we talked about that, right? Like Crosby sitting on 499, just don't let him get to 500. And Crosby was on a mission to get there. Like he had a bunch of really good chances I'm just looking at his shots on goal here. You know they were
1: trying to tee him up on the power play the whole time.
0: Oh, yeah. He had six shots on goal, and a lot of those were good wrist shots like in dangerous areas, and Matt Murray was like, nah. I think that's what Murray was telling Crosby before the game. Like, hey, I see you're at 499, but that's going to have to wait. That's not happening tonight, and he did a great job of stopping Crosby. So, yeah. you know what? Maybe the result is a 2 nothing loss, but it's a victory to not allow Sidney Crosby to enjoy that moment in Ottawa because, it, he's enjoyed enough good moments. In Ottawa, he doesn't need another one. Yeah, that that's actually, so, it's so pathetic, but it's understandable. Yeah,
1: yeah, that actually kind of segues nicely to my quick standout here, uh, oh, nice. Bilzi, because my standout is big, Josh Brown. You know, not a lot of guys to choose from tonight, so um, going with Josh Brown, uh, he, he was a big part of the reason why I think Crosby was able not able to stay on the score sheet. Um, you know, he, he had those defensive zone assignments, those tough ones with those guys like Rust and Gensel who can really snipe it, and he was like he was like white on rice with those guys he he wouldn't he wouldn't stay off them right so uh he was all over the place two two hits two blocks uh he was a really good defensive game and and he was a good stabilizing presence for Brandstrom who I thought was actually moving pretty decently out there tonight too despite uh everything yeah. that you know the lack of offense so Josh Brown's my standout surprise shocker my guy oh boy <laughs>
2: got to give him his love you weren't the only one Cmo Chris Moore from uh, Sanders PR also had some stick taps for him so Hey, that's understandable. And on a night where it seemed like not really anybody had it, per se, no. maybe except for Nick Paul being the exception there. Um, hey, give some shout-out to, to Josh Brown. But I heard you guys mention uh, Shabbat right off the bat and saying you're hoping for a Central bump. That doesn't happen until the episode airs. So, Fair. hey, have a weekend. Whatever happens, happens. And maybe. So Thomas Shabbat on Locked On Senators on Monday. Not a big deal there. But. On Tuesday, when he plays his 300th career NHL game, maybe he will be gifted a new D partner at practice. That would be, I think, a very nice milestone present for Thomas Shabbat here as the Senators. And they can't use this three games and four nights excuse. They just can't. Or else we're going to be saying that every other week, or every week pretty much, for the rest of the season. That's just how the schedule is going to be. So I don't know, man. My favorite storyline that's developed, though, through the postcast is everyone realizing that Mr. Anonymous is cute. The chat is just <laughs> blowing up. That Laleem's Martian is a cutie. Oh man.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, DJ DJ Stealth is a big fan of Liam's Martian here, but I I like the shortcut, Martian. I I, I think you look fresh. I mean, you're a little cutie with your toque, so we'll definitely give you that.
1: I'm going to be keeping my hair trimmed, I think, going forward here. I I had it quite long over the the pandemic. I let it rock for a while, and I, I enjoyed the time I spent with it, but... Ah, uh, the short hair is, is working. So save the go.
0: long hair look for playoffs. Hey, That's I'm gonna
1: go. Yeah, I'm gonna about. go with you know. I might I might do something crazy. I might you know trim it down and dye it or something. We'll see what the Whoa. chat is about that. So yeah, I mean, let's get crazy. Frosted tips. Yeah. Well, let's let us let the people <laughs> decide. Maybe we do a poll. We'll let them we'll <laughs> let them pick my hairstyle.
0: Man, <laughs> this guy goes from to anonymous I'm to letting the fans, team fans team choose team. how he's gonna look. What a guy.
2: So hell yeah, let's do that. When the postcast gets this off the rails after a two nothing loss, no goals to talk about. I think it's time, fellas. Ridley to Report, get Who's into the Ridley Greg experience tonight, guys. This guy, he never goes past a player who just passed the puck without giving him a little two hand on the <laughs> wrist or on on the side. He has to be in the mix. If a guy moves the puck and he's against the boards, he's gonna get hit. It's truly remarkable how much of a POS this guy is on the ice. It's, it's actually impressive. He drew two penalties. He took two penalties. He was moving well through neutral zone, and he was beacon. He was doing absolutely everything I would expect Ridley Greg to do. And I'm going to double down with what Connor Bedard said about him. Sneaky fast through the neutral zone. This guy, he doesn't look like he's moving a whole lot. But, man, he can lug the mail through middle ice. So, I don't know if you boys have any you, questions about are, his game. Are you
1: going to give him the Jack Eichel comparison like Bedard did? Yeah, uh, you know
2: what? Hmm. Maybe maybe Pavel Bure. Like, why not? Just get crazy. No, I, Jack Eichel's <laughs> even a little bit of a stretch. But I do see a lot of Nazem Kadri in his game. A lot of it. And I know that's what Craig Button's been saying for years. But if, there's a reason why Craig knows his stuff. And Nazem Kadri, especially, like, there might be – a time where he takes an inopportune suspension. It might not be in a preseason game next time. And the Sens are just going to have to live with it because what he brings and that whole package, you don't want to rein it in too much because it's so crucial to the DNA and how he is on the ice. So to to work with him but not take that away is going to be a real challenge. And I think if there's a guy to do it, like, that's kind of how Sean Donovan played when he was in the National Hockey League. So, yeah. I'm excited to see those guys work together, but man, he is he's hilarious. There isn't a shift where I didn't smile watching Ridley Gregg on the ice tonight.
1: That's amazing. I already know he's going to be, like, once he makes the sense, like, the big team, he's going to be one of my favorite players. He just plays that chippy style. And like you said, like, that's the kind of game that makes me smile, too, when I'm watching hockey. So I'm excited as hell for Ridley Gregg. He's going to be uh, he's gonna be fun to watch for years to
2: come for us. And for, for all the draft uh, fanatics, too, Matthew Savoy, I think he had three points tonight. Connor Geeky, three points. Okay. Those guys are, are unbelievable. Good? And then, Bilsey, a guy who we profiled last uh, last draft, uh, Connor McLennan, yep. uh, smaller forward. He had a hat-trick tonight as well. This Whew. Winnipeg ice team is a complete wagon. They final score is 6-2 ice over the Wheat Kings. No points, I don't think, for Ridley. Although, <laughs> if you got points for cross-checking, you would have had about 18 tonight.
0: Okay, Ross, you asked for questions and the people in the chat have given you one. Sugar Ray Emery asked, Ross, do you think he's a guaranteed center for us or could he play higher Ooh. up in the lineup on the wing? That's a great
2: question. I think you'd be neutering his speed a little bit, taking him out of the middle of the ice. And he was snapping him back on draws tonight too. I want to say he's well over 50%. So I think in a perfect world, you, I mean, there's going to be some competition here because if Norris and Stutzler, you're one two. Then who's fighting for third line center between Pinto and and Ridley Gregg? I think Pinto gets the inside track for me there. No. Mm-hmm. Because Ridley, I mean, you could play the wing, but man, if you go into camp next year and those are your four centermen mix in some Mark Castlic as well, why not? Let's get young. Let's get crazy. So
1: Yeah, I, I well, don't think there's anything wrong with having Ridley start his NHL career as a fourth liner.
0: No. Correct. I mean, no, me neither, can, man. He adapt, He's the kind of man. guy who can
2: do it. And he was out there on the first penalty kill unit, first power play unit tonight. So obviously that's junior hockey. He's the captain. He should be all situations. But he could be a fourth-line penalty-killing guy as a 20-year-old in the NHL and then work his way however he develops. I don't think that's crazy at all.
0: Now, you got the Ridley Gregg experience with him taking penalties and drawing penalties. But what about, I know you said there wasn't a whole lot of offense, but did he have any kind of flair moments at at like carrying the puck up the ice, anything like that?
2: Not really. There was, a, no. there was a couple plays where he, in transition, like he picked the puck off in neutral ice, get a takeaway, and then turn up and get through the blue line. But no real dangerous chances. And maybe that's a bit of an eye-opener. But, I mean, the guy scored twice in his last game. So we're not going to hold it against him too much here. He's
0: and back in a few weeks. Out, so it's it's a battle of Manitoba.
2: So, hey, it'll be a good one. But, boys, I'm at 1%, so I'll let you guys wrap up the show here. <laughs> and we'll do it again. We got two back-to-back afternoon games. This weekend, yeah. classic. Yeah, defenders. that's gonna be
1: fun. One before then, the Super uh, we, Bowl too, with the Cincinnati Bengals oh, playing
2: Pillsy's team. Wow, so, Pillsy's gonna be warmed up for that. I'm gonna Super be Bowl. in one. You know, let's oh, yeah, hundred percent. Man, yeah. thanks for everyone for sticking with us in the chat as well, boys. Good night, and I'll chat with you tomorrow morning, Pillsy. Love y'all. Go sends go.
0: See All you, right, Ross. see you, buddy. And that was our sideline reporter, Ross Levitan, reporting <laughs> on the Brandon Wheat Kings and Winnipeg Ice game. Always great to have Ross on the show, eh, Williams Martian?
1: Oh, yeah, little boots-on-the-ground action there. Taking a page out of old Pierre Maguire's book, so I'd love to see that out of Ross. Good for him. Um, that to be fun. That little barn there, the ice stand, he was sending some pictures and some videos for it. Looks like a little junior B rank, What's eh? What's that thing sit? You think like uh, maybe like a thousand people max?
0: Yeah, a thousand people max. And yeah, so that's at the University of Manitoba where they're playing now. Apparently, we uh, we got news from Ross that uh, they're looking at building a new arena though. So that'd be great. And I mean, yeah, Winnipeg, like you got the NHL team, the AHL team, now the WHL team. So hey, Ross is in a good spot if he wants hockey, that's for sure. So now, let's, let's get back to this game because there was a couple other big moments like Matt Murray making that save on Jeff Carter on that breakaway. Like, that's, that's how you know Matt Murray's confident, right? Because he read that play perfectly. I don't know if you guys agree, but at the start of the season or even last season when he was down in the dumps, anytime there was a breakaway chance, I was like, well, that's a goal, right? Like, you can almost see, like... He's not confident. He's not ready to challenge. And he's almost shriveling in his net when you're a big mm-hmm. goalie like that. You got to make yourself big. And um, they've talked about it on the broadcast. And Noodles, obviously, a great guy to analyze Goalie hugger. Exactly, yeah. And, and Noodles definitely tries to give Matt Murray a boost, which I appreciate. He doesn't want to kick a guy when he's down, so you got to love Noodles for that. But he was saying that, the perfect he timed his backwards skating perfectly so that when he stretched out to stuff Carter on that deke with the pad there was the no room left there so that's yeah. how you know Matt Murray's playing a good game
1: yeah I agree and I'm, I'm not a goalie it's hard for me to kind of analyze them but you know a good goalie when you're, you see them because they're they're making saves so uh yeah he was he was looking really good tonight I thought too uh he, he just looks like a different goalie from last Honestly. year to what he is right now and it's all about confidence am I'm, I'm convinced like what do you say? What? How? What percentage again? Pilsy is is goaltending mental? Eighty <laughs> percent mental, fifty
0: percent physical.
1: There, yeah, there you go. Math guy, <laughs> big math guy. That, yeah. So that makes all all the more sense now that you see what Matt Burry's doing right now. Like from the start of uh, January, like start of the year till now, he's he's in the January top. January second. He's the top three goalie. About the first. Yeah, I mean, he's got a nine twenty save percentage yeah. on the year still. So and he, so he's you know, he's in the top three since, um, the beginning of the year for goaltending statistics league wide. So that just tells you right there, how well he's doing. So really good to see. Um, you know, if, 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 if I would have seen, you know, the last uh, you know, this year's sample size worth of games and you showed those to me and, and said, you know, what do you think of this Ottawa Senators team? I probably would have been like, that's a playoff team in my opinion. So, um,
0: Definitely. Yeah. And Amanda's, uh in his article in the athletic today, he did like a, I forget where he started the point from, but it was like December, mid December on, like if you took all the team's records in the East, including the Sens, where would they stand up? And they were in the second wildcard spot with Boston, like just from that point on, right? Obviously, obviously cherry picking stats, but it just goes to show you how brutal that November was. So yeah, uh, here, Joe saying since December 2nd they're like 15th in the league exactly so like they're right there in the playoff hunt if you take away that November and I think Matt Matt Murray deserves a lot of credit because not only is he playing good now but the big thing is uh, Lulene's Martian like he's playing so good without so many of this team's top players so like obviously the other teams are getting more chances and Vice versa, the Sens aren't getting those chances without their top guys like Norris, like Batherson, and then uh, the other guys, uh, Nikita Zaitsev, Brown, and Gambrell were injured for quite a while too here. So, for him to be able to be like, alright guys, the scoring is going to go down a little here, we lost some big firepower, but I'm going to shut the door here, and... Look, all the Sens had to do was get one and they were in this game, right? They could have brought yep. it to overtime easily if they score on that empty net. If Crosby doesn't get that block shot on Tim Stutzla at the end, that was an incredible effort for him there. That and could have been was, a
1: goal. That easily. Like if he doesn't block that shot, that he has got a good look there for sure from where he was and with the you know the movement across for uh, dismiss. So yeah, I mean it is what it is. You can't win them all. I think they had a really good, like solid overall effort from Murray and yep. and a few other guys. But um, you know, there I think the the story of the game is really the Sens were missing. You know, their firepower that they would otherwise have. Last time they were down going into the third against the Penguins, they won, and that was the only time in like eighteen games that they actually won a game um, when they were down going into the third period. So. I like the rods. I li- I live bet them. Uh, oh, yeah. No Me too. Period. I was super confident that they were, you know, they can get one here, and that's all they really needed, because it didn't seem like Murray was going to give up another one, and, and he didn't, because the second goal was an empty netter, so.
0: Yeah, and the Sens had a really good second period. Like, I thought their second period, they were creating a lot of chances. They were back and forth, and, you know, then just the third period was too much, and that's a little concerning, Martian, when you start looking at their schedule here, because we mentioned it quickly on on, on the weekend, and we're going to get into this in tomorrow's show, obviously, but you're looking at the Boston Bruins and then the Washington Capitals back-to-back, back. and the Boston Bruins, luckily, though, no Martian, up. no Bergeron, and Rask retiring, so that's like, that's like the three biggest reasons they've been cup contenders the last couple of years, right? So yeah. that's definitely a plus if you're the Ottawa Senators, but... How do you feel about the Sens in afternoon games, Martian? Like, do, do you think that hinders them or helps them? I personally, I love them. I, I I, love them
1: as a fan, like watching on the weekends, like usually on the weekends midday. I, that's just nothing, nothing better for me watching a game. Yeah. But as far as like the team going and responding to it... Uh, it, it It'll be interesting to see if Matt Murray starts one. That's just like an initial thought that I have, but so far this year I think they've done pretty decently on uh, afternoon games. Not like The only one I, think I can think won. of was
0: that Ducks game, right? Well,
1: no, the other one too I was at actually, so I remember it was the the Rangers game where they they had oh. the lead and then they they Matt Murray got hurt at the end of the game and and then uh, I think Gustafson was the goalie who came in. Might have been Forsberg, whoever it was came in cold um and then Stusa got yeah, that, that diving apart. penalty and it all fell apart from there so like they do put up in the Ducks game I thought they put up a good effort too so we yep. put up good efforts in the afternoon games I think uh it'll just be interesting to see like if Matt Murray can hold together on the on the old weekends but they got two back-to-back and the Bruins are banged up so I think uh it'll be fun it'll be fun either way
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think if so, obviously, Matt Murray's going to start one of these games. Which one do you want to get him in? Do you want to get him in right away up against Boston since he's still hot and feeling it? Or do you you say, hey, everybody's gassed here. Let's give Murray a bit of a break and get him on Sunday game. That's a really good question. Um, That's a team he knows very well, right?
1: Yeah. I, I think yeah maybe you put them up against the capitals I like that idea and then uh, I think that the, the softball there is definitely the Bruins because I, I think that like you said I the window is is probably closed right now for like contention wise as far as them like making the playoffs and, and giving it a good run they might make the playoffs still this year but I don't think they're gonna do any damage with what's everything everything they have going on there's a lot of you know speculation that that you know Bergeron could possibly be done be done here and so yeah, as soon as, as soon as you know we've been through that as sense fans for sure watching your team and have all these star players and they all of a sudden they start dropping like flies and they're all gone and then and then you're in a way <laughs> all of a sudden you're in a rebuild so uh good timing for for the Ottawa though because you know they're on the rise Bruins are on the decline here um so I mean I yeah I mean to answer your question I, I'd start around Sunday
0: <laughs> yeah okay hey, hey hey that's uh you took a long way to get there but we got there and yeah, yeah like and then you look at the Bruins no norychy um Taylor Hall like that was supposed to be a monumental pickup I don't think he's been what they thought he was going to be and um and Nick Foligno also not quite working out there just like no. he didn't really work out for the Leafs so yeah that's uh it's going to be an interesting weekend we're going to get all into both those games we're going to recap uh, tonight's game Ross is going to watch the condensed game and give an even more detailed report of the Ridley Gregg experience and uh yeah, Liam's Martian. I don't know about you, but this is going to be one hell of a weekend for me. I got a wedding on Saturday, then a big Woo! Super Bowl on Sunday. So these twelve thirty games, yeah, they're going to feel. Are you right. taking
1: Monday off, Pilsy? That's what I. Oh, I already booked it off myself, so I, I am taking Monday off. But well, Liam's Martian.
0: It's the Locked On Center's podcast. Your team every day, so no, I will. Like I'm, we'll be here no, I- for the podcast.
1: I mean, I mean on Monday after the Super Bowl, and I, I mean you'll you'll oh so you'll be I mean I, I know you'll be on the podcast, but like, yeah, I mean I guess yeah, take the workday off and relax yeah. and, and have a hangover. Yeah, you can do the podcast hangover no It's going
0: to be a lot of Gatorade drinking on Monday. I let's just that. say that absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining the postcast. Sorry about the technical difficulties. As you guys have all probably figured out, Ross is the one that sets up all the magic. He's the one that does all the posts. So it was kind of a new experience for me to have to click. All the buttons and figure out how to get this going. I'm directionally challenged when I'm driving on the road, so driving uh, the bus in the postcast was a whole <laughs> different experience. It probably took you guys through a lot of loops and turns here, but we made it. We had a good time, even though it was a two nothing loss here. Always vibes on the postcast. We ride together, whether it's a win or a loss, you know, that's the way it is. So, once again, guys, thank you for joining the Locked on Sanders podcast. Postcast Edition with Liam's Martian, as always. Have a good night, guys, and we'll be back for tomorrow's episode of Locked On centers Podcast. It's your team every, every day. day. <laughs>